This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Time once again for Mariner's Pod. Thanks for being back as we have a lot to cover from a pretty wild day yesterday at the ballpark. We'll talk about what comes up the next couple days as well as the Mariners take on the San Francisco Giants. And coming up in a few minutes as well, Shannon Dreher sits down with Dylan Moore and talks about, I mean, he's had a tremendous season and talks about the strides he's making and has made this year and how he's gotten there. So that's a fun conversation that comes up. Yesterday is a memorable memorable day for a lot of reasons. It was uh, bizarre, interesting, exciting, thrilling, Disappointing. Everything happened yesterday at the ballpark, but there is a moment I don't think any of us will ever forget. And the 0-1 pitch to Loriano from Yacobonis on the way, swinging a high fly ball deep left center field. On the run to the winning track. Kyle Lewis near the wall, leaps up, and he makes the catch! Holy smokes, Kyle Lewis over the wall in left center, brings it back, and he takes a grand salami. Away from Ramon Laureano. Holy smokes, Lewis timing that leap. High over the wall in left center field out near the pen. And that will retire the side. What a play by Kyle Lewis. An incredible catch. An amazing catch. And his reaction was very reminiscent of another one of the greatest catches in Mariners history. This year. And the 3-2 pitch to Jesse now, and the slider swung on, and a high fly ball hit into deep left center field. Back goes Griffey. He's back to the wall. Makes the leap, and does he make the catch? He does! My, oh my, another Griffey piece of magic as Ken Griffey Jr. takes a home run away from Jesse Barfield. Now, what's funny about that catch, it came in game two, where the Mariners got throttled by the A's 9-0, but the real thriller was game one where the Mariners were trailing 5 nothing, and somehow, some way, came back to get the win in game one of the doubleheader. Here's the stretch. Now the pitch on the way to Tim. Swing and a fly ball into the gap in right center field. On the run, Laureano. This is going to get down for extra bases. Rounding third is Irvin. The throw in is going to be cut off by the shortstop. Irvin scores without a throw. In its second, Tim Lopes with his third double. He drives in the tying run. We are even. It's the Mariners 5 and the Athletics 5. Soria looks in. He's been all over the place with the last three hitters. Now the set by Soria. And the right-handers 3-0 pitch. Up and in ball four. Kyle Lewis pumps his fist. A bases loaded walk to Lewis. That will force in Tim Lopes from third with a go-ahead run. It's now the Mariners 6 and the Oakland A's 5. Soria cannot throw a strike. Two runs are in, and the Mariners have the lead. 
Six to five. Just a thriller. So the Mariners have won three of four now after taking game one, losing game two. Before we get to kind of the ramifications of that, why don't we hear from Kyle Lewis talking about yesterday? Kyle, uh, I don't think we've seen that sort of emotion from you ever. Uh, you were just dreaming and sprinting and smiling. I mean, what was going through your head? And we're trying to win games, man. And after we came in at one emotional game one to come back in the first inning and save four runs, yeah, that just was an overflow of emotion for me. Especially, uh, you know, I hadn't been swinging a bat, you know, as good as I know I can. So to be able to make a defensive play was really just a big uh, outpouring of emotion, really, you know, just excited. You have a beat on that the whole way? I mean, how did, how did, it, how did it look to you? Yeah, I knew I, had, I knew I was going to have a chance off the bat. I felt like you know, a lot of balls in that left center gap, it gets pretty deep back there. So, you know, I knew I was going to have a chance if I could get, if I could time it up right. And I was able to get back there, time it up right and, uh, and make the play, man. So that was just a, just a huge moment. And, you know, was, was hoping that, you know, that would be able to propel us to, you know, another win. So I was excited. Uh, we, we've seen you do this before. And I know you and Joe work on it, but how much do you think you better, you think you've gotten around the wall since the beginning of the season until now? I mean, is that, that catch a product of that work? Yeah, I think a whole lot better. I think, you know, just being able to read the ball when it's, you know, coming towards the wall. I think early in the year, I kind of undercut a couple, you know, end up having to reach a little bit more to the left or to the right. So we've been working on that a lot, trying to time up the walls, the angles of the walls and the way the ball comes down, you know, when it's that high up in the air. And so been getting better at that and hopefully continue to get better at that. So, you know, I can put my best effort on all of them and, uh, you know, take a lot of pride in doing that. As high as you can get up, that was pretty high. Uh, I don't know, but I mean, I gave it all I got. Kyle, when that uh, when you made that catch, it obviously went viral on Twitter. But one person in particular put a side by side comparison, and said Griffey versus Kyle Lewis, and someone quoted that tweet and said exactly what I was thinking of. When you hear that comparison, what how does it make you feel? What do you think of? A uh, humbling comparison, man. You know, center fielder being able to make plays, I think, is just you know in and of itself a you know a great moment to be able to to make plays and something I take pride in, especially wearing that Seattle uniform, because we know, you know, who the legend is out there. And so to be able to go out there and make some plays, you know, you know, is big for me. And I think hopefully I can just continue to build on that defensively, you know, to be a solid, solid, reliable, you know, defender. And then as well at, at the plate, because, you know, that guy did it all. So, you know, it's cool to see those comparisons. Those things happen a lot. And, you know, I just take them in stride and, and I keep it, keep it going so I can continue to write my story. Again, you know, everybody's got their own, story to write and I got mine so you know it's really cool to see you know the ability to make plays and and uh, when you go out there and help the team you know that's kind of what I always want to do. Hey, Kyle what was it like playing out there was it tough to see at all I mean was it tough to breathe anything like that did you notice it? Yeah I think it was okay breathing you know but we definitely noticed that the sky was all foggy and and uh, smoky so you know it definitely wasn't you know a normal situation it definitely a little weird and uh you know, it's kind of hard for me to speak on it because I don't really understand, you know, the nature of the smoke in the air and whatnot and how that works. So it's kind of weird, you know, definitely a bizarre, a bizarre day. From the press box, it's kind of tough to track balls. Yeah, when they get up really high in the, in the uh, air, it's, it's kind of smoky up there. But, you know, we, we, we made it work. Kyle, what was the reaction like from your teammates? It looked like your guys in the bullpen had a pretty good view of it, and then obviously some of the other guys were excited when you were running back into. Yeah, everybody. I think everybody went crazy. I think that's just unanimous. Everybody was hype, freaking out, especially at the time. We had just come off so much emotion, 
from the first game. And so it was just a whole lot of emotion, man. Everybody was riding high trying to, you know, trying to win. So, you know, it was just all around. Everybody was hype. Uh, you get the homer of the last game, or you get the homer in the first game and the bases loaded walk. How did you not get greedy with bases loaded there after you just homered in your previous at bat and, and not want to try and do too much in that situation? I think just learning different situations, like, you know, early in the year, sometimes I would homer early in the game, get swing happy, you know, get early, get greedy, you know, start chasing, you know, and uh, so I just really kind of had had that in the back of my mind and reset it back down to, you know, square one, square one, get a good pitch to hit. And, you know, bases loaded, he had just walked tie. So, you know, I definitely didn't want to expand and give him some extra, you know, and so uh, ended up working out and ended up getting a walk. And so that was huge. But just trying to learn from each at bat, you know, throughout the season, learn from different times where I may have went up there with the wrong mindset. And uh, so that when I get up there the next time, I can, you know, put a better at bat together. So that was good to see. You mentioned you hadn't been swinging it as well in the last, you hit some balls hard without the results. You starting to feel back to normal here to where you kind of at? at, the, at the... Yeah, I would say about the last four games, I think starting with the last game in San Francisco, I've been hitting the ball, striking the ball really well. And I've been really happy with that, you know. And so as long as I continue to do that, continue to strike the ball well, they'll fall sometimes, they won't. You know, you'll have spurts. But um, I've been striking it well. So I think, you know, hopefully that'll, uh, you know, translate. And how about Scott Service, his thoughts on what was a wild day? Yeah, certainly uh, crazy. <laughs> Two really crazy games today. Uh, you know, the second game, obviously, uh, coming off the, the, the huge uh, high with the comeback win in the first game. You're hoping to get off to a good start there. And I will have to say the catch that Kyle Lewis made was unbelievable. Uh, probably one of the best catches I've ever seen uh, with the bases loaded on top of it. So, you know, he makes that catch after the first inning. You think, ah, this could be our, our day, but it certainly wasn't in the second game. Uh, you know, uh, our relievers struggled to throw strikes and, and stay in good counts. And, you know, you got to give them credit. They, they jumped on us there and, and, put us away uh, in, in that ball game. I, I do think, uh, you know, we don't get enough credit to like what Brady Lyle did for us to go four innings uh, at the back end of that game uh, allows us to, to save a few guys uh, going into the next series against the Giants, which is really, really valuable. I know uh, people that don't live it like we do every day don't appreciate what he did, but uh, awesome job by him to go four innings in the second game and, and keep our bullpen, uh, you know, keep some guys fresh for tomorrow because we've been running them pretty hard of late. But uh, again, a highlight of the game, just only one highlight on our end, and that was the Kyle Lewis catch, that's for sure. Questions? Got the, the joy he showed after that, I think, speaks, speaks volumes to uh, how, how fun is it to see the kid just, just having fun? It's awesome. It really is. I mean, you're talking about a huge home run in the first game. Uh, you know, the athleticism as high as he got. Uh, I don't know how high it was. I'm sure he could dunk a basketball with both hands. He got it so high up there uh, above the fence. But yeah, the excitement he brings. Um, you know, all of our young guys, but but certainly Kyle. When when you have that type of talent and it's playing out on the big stage, it's awesome to see. Uh, excited. Uh, to continue to, to watch that and can watch it continue to grow here over the next few years. It's going to be awesome. Scott, you're lined up now. I mean, with what Lale did for you and everything like that, you'd be able to kind of reset and get into the giant series. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously we need, um, you know, LJ um, to, to get us uh, in a good part of the game tomorrow, but uh, we will have a few guys, you know, coming back into the mix that, that we're down today. And, um, 
you know, I think we'll, we'll be fine. And we've got an off day coming up on Thursday. So we can get to hopefully get the ship righted here uh, with our bullpen. But, uh, uh, and a great job is you know, with Marco today, even going out and giving us those last couple innings there and what Harano did to lock it down in the first game. So everybody's contributing, whatever your role is on the ball club. And, you know, we don't always get the results we're looking for, but everybody's chipping in, give us a great effort. Jack of bonus, Frank, those guys have not thrown a whole lot this year. A tough spot. Yeah, no, they, they haven't. They haven't pitched on a regular basis at all um, because our starting pitching has been pretty solid. Um, but coming into the, the double header here, you know, you're going to get an opportunity. And it is a year of opportunity. When you get it, you got to kind of hang on to it and grasp it, kind of what Tim Lopes did in the first game today. He got an opportunity to come in. He jumped on it, has a big game for us, you know, and he'll get plenty more opportunities going forward. But that's what it takes. You know, you got to uh, sometimes uh, those certain guys get more opportunities than others for whatever reason. But, uh, you know, we just weren't able to, you know, stay ahead in the count. That was a big thing today. We got behind the count through a ton of pitches and it caught up to us in the second game. What was Miner doing that was so effective? Uh, he, he really didn't throw anything straight. Uh, cutters, few change-ups. Um, you know, we've seen him before this season. Uh, I think, you know, once he – uh, got the lead. Certainly, he's you know you, you really settle in and start using all your pitches, and you're not picking on the corners as much. So he was in good counts there. So uh, again, one of those games that it got away from us early. Uh, disappointing because such a high coming off the first game, and then Lewis makes the catch, like I said. But you know, uh, double headers. I know majority of the time they end up uh, as splits. It's just crazy how you get there. I go back to our double header we had in San Diego, and you know you think we probably should have won both those games because we let one get away from us, and today. You know, we flip it on them early and, you know, they got back on us in the second game. So double headers, uh, they're hard to sweep. They really are. Hey, Scott, separate of that catch that Lewis made, um, is it pretty remarkable or maybe we're not talking enough about how well he's taken the center field for a guy that's been in the corners most of his career? He's done an outstanding job. He really has. He takes a lot of pride in it. He's always out there early working with Joe Thurston. Um, you know, one of the things he's trying to get better right now is just throwing and he's working on that every day, trying to get his arm strength, uh, even better than it is. So, um, I've been really, uh, happy with it. I know it just kind of you know, jumped on us and we saw him in summer camp before the season started that, you know, maybe he could handle it every day. And he certainly has, he is not disappointed at all. I got the bat heated back up today as well. I know he'd been scuffling a little bit at the plate for a while here, but, uh, getting the home run and then double in the second game as well. Yeah, I think, you know, Kyle's at-bats have continued to be really good. I think it's more of a, you know, uh, not having a whole lot of luck. He did hit some balls really hard over in Arizona in the last series. And, you know, all of a sudden that 0 for 4, uh, the 1 for 3 with a walk or a 1 for 4 now turns into an 0 for 4. And, you know, it, and you need a little luck in this game once in a while too. And it comes in stretches. It comes in streaks. Uh, you know, but hit the ball good today. Uh, you know, like I said, it's uh, he's having a great season. Really is. Should be rookie of the year. Uh, we got some some work yet to do, uh, but he's been phenomenal all season long. So now the Mariners have two against the San Francisco Giants before another off day. Right now, a game and a half back of the Houston Astros, who have fallen below 500 at 23 and 24. Now here's the problem with the scenario: the Mariners just half game back, but. Very friendly schedule this next week for Houston before they come here to Seattle and the teams hook up in a three-game series. We'll see if the Mariners can stay right there with Houston coming to town. But uh, Houston will take on Texas starting tonight for three at home. And then the Diamondbacks 
coming to uh, to Houston for three over the weekend before Houston heads out on the road for the Mariners for three and then the Rangers for four to end the season. So seven games against Texas, three games against Arizona, three against Seattle the rest of the way. So Houston's schedule sets up nicely for them. Meanwhile, the Mariners' schedule, not so nice. You look at the Giants. I mean, they're a team right now that has a playoff spot in the National League, and they are playing very good baseball. And Mariners saw that firsthand when the Giants took a couple of games from the Mariners. So they have the Giants, an off day. The Padres come to town. The Padres are just surging right now, threatening to overtake the Dodgers. Then Houston comes in, and the Mariners have to end the season with four against the A's. So work cut out for the M's, but credit to this young team for certainly making things interesting here at the end of September. I don't think this is a position any of us expected them to be in, but here they are. So we'll see what happens the next couple of days. So Mariners against the Giants the next two. 6.40 first pitch tonight. 6.40 first pitch tomorrow as well. And uh, we'll see what the M's can do against San Francisco. Mariners lost 6-5 and 10-1 to on uh, Tuesday of Wednesday last week in San Francisco against the Giants. So we'll see if the Mariners can return the favor. So Dylan Moore has had an outstanding season for the Mariners in every way possible. He's played... I mean, he started every position except pitcher and catcher, and he's been excellent at the plate. In fact, if you want a good breakdown of Dylan Moore on the most recent Wheelhouse podcast, uh, we go in-depth with Jerry, who gives us some really good insights on what has made Moore so good this year and why this is sustainable. This isn't fluky when you look at his overall numbers. So it's a really good breakdown. I recommend it. And especially for a backdrop of the conversation with Shannon. I just wanted to get better overall. I know that's a, that's a lot of people's uh, goal over the offseason. Um, I wanted to be able to to kind of learn from what I did, learn from my first experiences, because last year was a lot of firsts, obviously being a rookie. And um, I wanted to learn from those situations um, offensively, defensively, coming off the bench, starting different stuff like that, and kind of hone into who I am as a player and just be more be – more, um, consistent at the plate let's take it back even further where would you say was your most instrumental area of growth coming up through the minors I think one of my major growths was in AAA when I was started to play more positions um, my first full season with the Rangers at, in, in low a was actually at first base so I got a lot of first base and I moved uh, I moved around the infield there with them um, and then I kind of was a one was only a shortstop the next couple of years. And then um, I realized that my value could, could really go higher with being able to play multiple positions. And so um, I kind of put my mind towards that, being able to be an average to above average defensive player in, in, at multiple positions would get me, I realized would get me more um, opportunities at the plate and more opportunities um, to play if, if, you know, somebody like, like Skip or, or other managers can see me as not a liability in the defense, uh, defensively. And so I kind of just, just went with that. I wanted to um, work my hardest and, and learn from all the people who are teaching me, uh, you know, outfield and infield. And are you the same person at the plate now as you were then? I think I'm just more aware of, of what I'm doing. I think growing up, playing baseball you kind of just go out there and you play right and you don't you're not really sure what's going on with your swing you're just having a good time but um, over time with all the video and all the analytics and stuff like that I've been able to 
kind of connect my feels with what I see um, in my swing. And um, I'm a little bit more direct to the ball, not swinging and missing as much, which was uh, which was a problem last year. And putting more balls in play means more opportunity for hits. And uh, I've also gotten a little bit stronger. And, and I knew that if I increase my consistency of solid contact um, uh, with more weight behind it, the ball would go farther because I would be hitting it more often and uh, solid on the bat. Okay, a lot to unpack there. Let's start with the swing and miss. How did you use technology in, in improving there? Um, that actually wasn't so much technology. It was just, just uh, last year swinging and missing a ton at, at fastballs uh, in the zone. Um, and so I kind of just I worked with uh, with uh, D a lot, who doesn't swing and miss a lot, and um, you know we kind of just worked on point of contact stuff and being a little more direct to the baseball and setting my body in a position to where I can recognize um, and be on time for a fastball. I was late a lot last year, which caused me to be under the ball and missing him. And okay, you said work with D D Gordon. Mm-hmm, that's right. Yeah. And how did that happen? Uh, we're neighbors uh, down there in Orlando, and. Uh, he got a he he's got a little nice little setup there, and um, we were able to uh, during the time off that we had between um, uh, spring training and summer camp, we were able to work together and get a lot of stuff done. And um, yeah, I knew that kind of I don't want to hit exactly like D, and D doesn't want to hit exactly like me. Obviously, we're a little bit of a different player, but I knew that I was wanted to go in a little more direction, a little less launch angle, a little more um, direct to the ball. And um, I knew that he was the guy to do that. He obviously he's been a great player for a long time. And uh, I was lucky enough to be able to work with him. What kind of teacher is he? Ah, there's there's days where he's a different teacher. He's he's he can he can really talk about it. He can really talk about it. He he he's he's very simple. He's just this is where you do this, and this is where I do this. this is how I feel. This is how you should feel. And what do you think? And you know we gel very well together. That's fantastic. Does this all feel real to you? what you are at the plate right now with kind of being able to make the more solid contact right now, has your approach changed at all? It's probably more, it's a little bit more aggressive, I would say, as I suppose last year, which kind of it's, I'm more confident as a hitter. I'm, which is, makes me more aggressive. Um, I, I knew that I was taking a lot of pitches as well last year, probably because I wasn't as confident because I wasn't hitting the ball as much as, as I should have. Um, so I kind of flipped that a little bit. Um, so I'm definitely a little more confident. I'm, I'm a little bit more aggressive. Um, and I've been, I've been, when I've, as opposed to last year when I was swinging foul balls off, I've been swinging and, and putting the ball in play. So the at-bats are a little bit shorter. Um, but as long as I get in play and, and I'm hitting it hard, they're going to be hits and they're going uh, to be productive at-bats. And so that's what I was looking for. I've also seen you running quite a bit. So what's it like to kind of have, it looks like they're really encouraging the base running and the base stealing right now for those who can do it go is this something that's going to be a solid part of this team going forward i yeah i think so i think it should i think it should be we're, we're getting good at it and we're still learning obviously um we got a young group but um, um we got some guys who've done it for a long time and they help a lot and um yeah we're, we're younger we're athletic and it would be it would be remiss for us to not use that in the game and to put pressure on defense in different ways we saw it with um we saw how it affected us with um, Texas did it a couple uh, a couple games there and got some free runs out of that. And so we know it could be effective for us and it could put added pressure on teams with uh, the better defense that we're playing and the more runs we're scoring now. I think that that can put 
you know, putting having runners in motion, being worried about the runners on the bases for the pitcher as well can can make him, you know, not throw uh, a, a quality pitch in a situation that that we could take advantage of. Last question for you, Dylan. I know you've just got the one year in the big leagues, but you've got a lot of experience and you've taken from that from everywhere you've been. So I think you're a good person to speak to this. What do you see when you look around your clubhouse right now? Who is this group? And this group is, we're kind of developing an identity, I think, um, as a group. We're, we're young, you know, we've been young. We've been saying that for since, the, you know, last year at the end. Um, but we're kind of de- we're kind of developing, you know. Everyone's in a, they're kind of finding their little niche. Um, everyone's helping each other out. I mean, as a group, we're just we're just out here playing ball. You know, there's 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 not too much pressure on us right now. You know, we're just trying to trying to go out there and have fun and win games, and that's the beauty of it. You can look up at the end of the year and say, hey, we made it, or hey, we didn't make it. And hopefully, there's hopefully in the next in the next few years uh, we continue the growth and, and the, the maturation of us as a group. And, and um, you know, there's different guys coming in and, you know, they, they work well with us and uh, with the, with the, the kind of the core of the leadership group and then the guys outside coming in and kind of, it's, it's like a, it's like a well oiled machine, I think at this point, and we kind of can keep it, keep it going on the right track. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 